Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hey, everybody. This is AJ Vaden here, and welcome to another episode on the influential personal brand. I am here today with the one and the only Nadine Anafi, and Nadine is a very close personal friend. She lives here in Nashville. So lucky that she moved here to Nashville from Morocco, where she was born. Although she's got dual citizenship, now she can call herself a true Nashvillian. So I'm super, <laughs> super lucky and fortunate that I get to uh, share the same city with my dear friend. But also I'm a client, Nadine's, and we met through mutual friends three or four years ago. And it's like one of those phone calls when you meet someone and you're like, oh, I love you. I love you. And I love you. That's how I've met Nadine for a friend, but it's like the very first time that we spoke, I was like, you're amazing. And you guys are about to experience just how amazing she is with her very unique craft. And before I give her a little formal introduction, I just want to tell you why you need to stick around and listen to this particular episode. Because when you think about design and how you want your brand to look, how you want it to feel, how you want other people to experience it, I am here to tell you, you are most likely wrong. And we will tell you a horrible <laughs> that I recently made because what most of us do is we look around and we go, well, I like this and I like this and this is my favorite color and this is my favorite font. Here, put it together and make it look great. And then it comes back and you're like, well, this doesn't feel like me because you have it all wrong. And if your brand doesn't feel like you, it's most likely because it's not. It's because we're making decisions on the exterior things around us, not based on really how we want our, or how our brand is meant to be. And so if you're struggling with what is my brand and how do I want it to look like in terms of the visuals, this is an episode that you must listen to. The second thing that I think is really important is most people assume that having an expensive looking brand is expensive. And that's not true. And that I think outside of uh, Nadine's incredible creative talents is making it affordable is her next best specialty. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. So if you want to look like a million dollar brand, you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to do it specifically not in the beginning. And she's going to teach you and talk about how you can do that on what I would say, balling on a low budget, right? So <laughs> all yeah. the things that we're going to cover today. So please, please, please stick around. Uh, this is not an episode to be missed. So without further ado, let me give you a quick formal bio of my good friend, Nadine, and then we'll jump right into this interview. So Nadine is the founder of an award-winning design company called We Are Visual, but she is also the creator and founder of Digital Brand Kit. And here's what I would say about that. Like when we think about how do you get a million dollar looking brand? One is we want it to be affordable, but we also want it fast. And she has figured out how to make it look like a million bucks, make it affordable and get it to you in 30 days or less. 
it's going to blow your mind. But over the last 10 years, she has helped hundreds of clients from Suisse execs, the Fortune 100 companies like Disney and Verizon, to best-selling authors like our good friend Lori Harder from the Earn Your Happy podcast. Sarah, she's worked with Sarah Knight. She's helped build beautiful slide decks for so many different TED Talk presenters. I could go on and on and on. And instead of doing that, let's just let me introduce you to Nadine. And we will share some of the most life-changing information when it comes to building your brand visually that you will ever experience. So Nadine, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I have one correction to make though. I was not born in Morocco. I was born in Minnesota of all places (laughs) on a very cold winter day. (laughs) It was negative 40, which is probably why I do not like cold weather now as an adult. (laughs) But I am from Morocco and I spent four glorious years in Marrakesh uh, before moving to Nashville. So, but it's, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I am so excited to talk about design. And (laughs) before we do that, I think it is worth giving people just a quick story about how you got into design because it is not the traditional path. Not like you went to art school and like you came at this in a very different way, which I think is a part of your uniqueness. And what makes you so different is that this wasn't something that you really came at for like, this is what I'm going to go to school for. And this is what I'm going to do in my life. It came quite opposite. So why don't you just give us a high level view of like, how did this ever even become a thing for you? So I like to say that I am a designer who did not go to design school and does not know how to use any of the design tools. (laughs) So I don't know how to use Photoshop. I don't know how to use InDesign. I don't know how to use any of the fancy design tools. I only know how to use one tool and it's called PowerPoint. And I can design crazy things in PowerPoint. And so I did not, I've never set foot in a design school. I went to business school with a specialty in marketing. And my first job out of college was in marketing. And I was a marketing manager. And really, I fell into design by accident. I know I've always had like this designer eye. I've always liked colors. I've always liked beautiful things, but not never in a formal way. And so I accidentally fell into design because my first and last corporate job, <laughs> I was asked to take a design training because they needed you know, more design help in the marketing department. And so they paid for me to get this training online. At the time, it was something called lynda.com, which was bought back by LinkedIn. And it was the first place where you could really buy like actual professional courses in everything. And I took, (laughs) they paid for me to take a Photoshop course. And so I log in, I open up the Photoshop course and I see that it says like 15 hours of video. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm literally going to sit through 15 hours of videos to learn how to do Photoshop. (laughs) I was not excited about that. I got started. I watched the first video about three minutes into the first video. I was like, Mm-mm, heck no. I closed it. I was like, I am not watching this. I am not getting through this training. And so I still needed to get some sort of formal training and design for this company. And so I just went through and found other courses inside Lynn.com that taught me basics of design. And that was much more interesting to me. I could actually watch hours and hours of videos of you know how to do design. And what I figured out is I could take all of those design principles that I was learning and actually apply them using PowerPoint since it was the 
one and only design tool that I knew how to use at the time. And I basically hacked PowerPoint to make it do what I wanted it to do for me. And I started creating brochures for this company, uh, obviously besides the slide decks that I was creating, which got better and better because I got better at design, but also brochures, sales materials, one pagers. I even created graphics for the website, everything I created in PowerPoint. And in this process, one, I realized PowerPoint is an incredibly powerful tool. It can do not all the things that Photoshop can, but a lot of it and all everything that you actually really need if you're not a professional designer creating these, you know, crazy designs. And the second thing I realized is I have probably a monetizable skill here <laughs> that I could probably sell to other companies. And so that's what I did. I left that company and I started We Are Visual. And my expertise at the time was let me create really beautiful artistic presentations for you in PowerPoint. And there'll be presentations that don't look anything like your typical boring PowerPoint, which is, let's face it, that's the reputation, right, of PowerPoint. You would have no idea that these were PowerPoint design. Like we use PowerPoint designs that you created for every single one of our brochures, landing pages, websites. It's like you would never have an idea that these originated in PowerPoint. In fact, you should be like PowerPoint spokeswoman. This is what you should I'm working be. on it. I am. Uh, so if anyone knows somebody who works at Microsoft, <laughs> I am. put that out in the universe. I'm looking yeah. to be a spokesperson. Yes, absolutely. But I think it's really amazing because what you have figured out is how to do something. And what I love about it, why I think it's so cool is that with programs like InDesign or Photoshop for the end user consumer like myself, it's like, I don't know how to edit it or move something or update something. And so I'm trapped by whoever was the designer or finding someone else. And it's like the best thing about you, the way that you've designed all these templates and all of these tools for our company at Brain Builders Group is that it's like, I actually do know how to use PowerPoint. Most people know how to use it. So I can go in and make the copy edits without having to have the expense or the burden of finding someone else to go and like reformat this. And I think that's a really important skill set. And you don't have to be good at design to make very quick updates to something that is already very well designed. So with that said, I want to kind of like take it up a level and just talk about some of the things that you've learned, you know, really over the last 15 years or so, what makes good design and what should people really be looking for? And what should they really be asking themselves as they go on this visual process for their own personal brands. And I know without a doubt, you're going to share the horrible mistakes that I have recently made. <laughs> I will be fine. Totally fine. I gave you I gave you permission to do this. But I do think it's good as people are kind of going, all right, I'm at this place where it's time to create some sort of visual component, yes. either a website or a landing page, or I need something. Where do I start? Well, don't start by hiring a designer. <laughs> mistake number one. The first mistake that people make, I think, when they are getting started in creating a visual identity for themselves is they go straight into the actual visual identity piece of it. And that's a mistake because you the visual identity that you're going to create needs to reflect and represent you and your personality and your energy. And if you don't, if you're not clear on that, then you're never going to land on a visual identity that is a match for you. 
So step one is take a step back and really meditate on who you are as a person in this particular space that you're trying to get into, right? Whatever your niche is, who are you in relation to others? This is a lot of what you know, we learn with BBG is your uniqueness and your positioning, all of that, but really more at an energetic level. What kind of people do you want to attract? What is the vibe that you want to create as a brand? And who are these people that are going to be attracted to that vibration? And so once you have done that homework first, that's when you can really get into visual identity. So, and there's really a science and an art to branding, visual branding, visual identity. And so the the, the art piece is like making things beautiful and all of that. But the science piece is picking out brand elements, design elements based on certain truths, right? So we talked about this before. I am a proponent of don't build (laughs) a brand based on trends, build your brand based on truths. Okay, you can actually pick colors based on what those colors mean, the symbolism behind them, the emotion that they trigger, et cetera. So depending on what emotions you want to trigger in your audience and, you know, what energy you want to create, you can pick actual colors that will help you create that that energy. Exactly. And so do you want me to share (laughs) the story? Emotion prepared to be right. right? The bad of what not to do. Yes, go. Yeah. So I developed something called the blind test. And it's part of a a bigger uh, program that I'm developing called the Color Workshop, which will actually be a workshop that I'm going to be launching soon. And it'll be a workshop that will take you through a step-by-step process to help you identify, one, your signature color, the color that really embodies your essence as a brand, but also your entire color palette, really, and how to, you know, make everything kind of look good together. Part of this color workshop is something I call the blind test. And the blind test is I basically give you all of these cards that have words on them, right? And they're color cards. So behind the words are colors, but you don't see the colors because the cards are black and white. And so you have to, there are 12 cards and you have to go through a process of elimination and taking out the, the words that you don't connect with, right? Technically, at the end of this process, the last cards that you end with, we then unveil them, right? We take out the cover and then you can see what colors they are. And the reason I built it this way is because we all have preconceptions about colors, right? We might have, maybe we're following someone on Instagram who uses yellow as their signature color and we hate that person. So we're never going to use yellow. Maybe yellow is actually your color. (laughs) You just don't know it, right? So I don't want to have those preconceptions that therefore I remove the colors. And so once you've chosen all of your colors by words and we unveil them, you find out what those colors are. So the funny story is when we did this with you, AJ, we were already in the process of working on a visual identity and we had already picked out color palette or a color palette that were based on colors that you had picked out (laughs) before. I don't know where those colors came from, but you probably saw them on someone else's branding or in beautiful spaces that you had visited, but they felt right in those spaces. They felt right for that person, maybe. And so you thought that they might be right for you. And the funny thing is when we did the blind test, the first thing I ask you is give me your first five hard no's. <laughs> and you so eliminated. It's not exaggerating, y'all. No. It's not exaggerating. <laughs> you eliminated literally your first three hard no's. The cards that you eliminated were the three primary colors of your I initial brand. for myself because and I did not follow any sort of process or logic or process. 
But the funny thing is, is you were not connecting with those colors. You had picked them out. You thought they would work. And then for weeks you were, you know, thinking about it and asking people and people were reflecting this back to you. These are not your colors. You knew it in your core. These are not your colors. You just couldn't figure out why. And then when you did this test right away, it was just so clear. You realize why those colors did not feel right. It's because they were not right for you. They did not represent your energy. And we figured out what your energy is, and it was not any of those colors. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting because I know there is at least one of you listening who has done this exact same thing, and there is at least two of you at least listening that have a brand right now that does not represent you, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you can't figure out why, but you're just you don't connect with it, and and thus mm-hmm. you don't promote it. And there is something, and it's most likely because you started with design versus trying to figure out who you really are, what your uniqueness is, who your audience is. But second, most likely is because you did it wrong. You hired someone who didn't get to the heart of what are you really trying to emote out into the world and instead just said, no, what colors do you like? And, or you came to them, which is what I did and said, all right, I love these are my colors. I love this idea of like hot pink lettering. I think some orange might be good. Maybe this like seashell pink. That's pretty. I like that. And I was like, put this all together, make it look awesome. And that's what Nadine did. And then she sent it back to me and I was like, hmm, well. That doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right. And it's like, and then it's like one of those things where it's like, you know it, but you're like, hmm. Yeah. What happened here? And I think it's so many of us do that because we see someone else's brand and we go, I want mine to look like this. And what you mean is I want it to look beautiful like this, not I need these colors. But until you go through this very personal process of going, who are you and who are you trying to reach? Who are you trying to attract? And it's not just who you are. It's what is going to attract the audience that you want to build. And when we did this process, I'm, I literally was like, definitely not that one. And that was good. <laughs> and then I said the next one, definitely not that one. And it was pink. And then I was like, definitely not that. And it was orange. I was like, well, there you go. That's why I don't connect. But here's the thing. If Nadine would have showed me the colors that were truly coming out from the words, I would have never let her convince me of it that way. Cause I'd been like, uh-uh, red, Red is not my signature color. And let me tell you my internal reasoning of why. It's because I have red hair and I think bright red conflicts with my hair. So I never wear red. It's like, what a silly, ridiculous reason of going, well, I just I don't really have red in my wardrobe. So I don't really think that can be a brand color. But that was like yeah. a very illogical process because emotions were tied into it versus going, no, these are the words that I say define me. These are the words I want to be known for. And then when you reveal the color, you're kind of like, okay, I need to like settle in with this a little bit. And I think the most amazing thing that happened for me, just as an example for all of you is I had an adverse reaction at first. Cause I'm like, don't really love red. And yet I look at the words and it's like bold. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that's pretty freaking bold. And it was mm-hmm. like, um, passionate. Well, red's pretty passionate. And it's like mm-hmm. all these things. And I'm like, why am I resisting this? And then it was the craziest thing. So for me, I'll just give you this example. It was red, purple, black, gold yeah. are my colors. Did I miss one? I think those are it. And I walk out into my garage later that afternoon. And Nadine, I haven't even told you this story. And mm-hmm. in my garage, 
I took a picture on my iPhone like 10 years ago of the most beautiful sunset I have ever seen in my life. And it was so breathtaking. I blew it up on this huge canvas and it's in my garage. And I walk out and I was getting in my car and it just caught my eye. And I looked up and I see this canvas there and it is the most brilliant sunset of golds and dark shades of black and deep purple and reds and magentas. And for the first time ever, I saw that and I was like, that is how I want to be seen. Mm-hmm. I want to be seen like that. And that's how you should feel. That's how you know it's yours. And so I'm just curious, Nadine, if you could give us some examples of, could you just read off some of the words and colors that are represented and that there's 12, we don't have time to do 12, but to kind of give people an idea of what this is process is like. So if you're not going through this process with someone that you're working with, you should stop and go, why the heck not? Because mm-hmm. if you're just picking colors like I did, at some point you're going to go, man, that was fine for a season, but that's just not really me. And you don't have to do that. You can actually get it right the first time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you want me to share some of what the keywords are for maybe your your colors? Sure, you can do mine. Yeah. I think this is really helpful. But don't tell us the color until after you read the words and just... I think this was a really powerful process that anyone can do. If you just like, even if you don't, which we're going to give you access to do some of this really cool stuff that Nadine has created, but it's like, just go Google these colors and go like, what words are associated with these? You can even do that. Yeah, this is public information. So I'll I'll share the words for my signature color, which you don't know. So I'll tell you what it is. But my words are creative, abundant, sociable, positive, passionate, joyful. Those are my words. And my signature color is orange. Mm. And I connect with orange on a very <laughs> high level. I and When I did this test for myself a long time ago, and I figured out my color was orange, I was like, that's so interesting. I have so much orange in my closet. I have so many orange objects, like decorative objects. And I realized that for years, I was curating objects that were orange without even really, because I was attracted to them without realizing that I was attracted to that color for a reason. So that's that's mine. Your secondary color. So we talked about red and what those those words were for, for red, but your secondary color was visionary, purposeful, truthful, authentic, spiritual, ambitious, imaginative. And that was purple, right? And so we talked about how we can marry purple with red to create these really deep, fiery shades of purple that have all of those aspects of red, but still anchored in that purple color and all of that purple means. So let's see, another one, black is a color that is used a lot. And not everybody that likes black ends up picking black as one of their cards. You did. But black is sophisticated, substantial, efficient, elegant, intelligent, confident, authoritative. Mm. So these are examples of the words. So these are the words that you need to connect with or either eliminate or choose as part of this exercise. And that's why we do this by process of elimination, because you will find that you connect with a lot of words across a lot of different cards. But the uh, the goal here is to connect with a cluster of, word, of words where you're like, okay, I have, I identify myself with most of these words in this group of words. And that's what leads you to, to your color. So do you want me to share? No, I think that's, I think that's good. I think, you know, for anyone who is listening, like 
Nadine has created so many different tools and quizzes and amazing things to help you do this. So if you go to brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash DBK, digital brand kit, DBK. So brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash DBK. You can go and check out and she's got this amazing color quiz that will tell you what season you fall in, gives you all these cool different color palettes. But I think this is a really defining part of like, this is the part that most people skip as they don't really do this introspective work. And instead they go right into, well, I just need a website. So can you talk a little bit about like the purpose of doing brand guidelines before you go into designing flyers, brochures, landing pages, and just kind of like talk about... If you're ready to go this route and it's time, what is the process that someone should follow? Yes. Yeah, so I would say this. A lot of people, when I ask someone, do you have your branding? They'll say, yeah, I have my logo. I have my colors. I have my fonts and I'm working on my, my website. So yeah, I have my branding. I'm like, yeah, where's the rest of it? You do not have your branding. You have the beginning. You have a style guide. That's what you have. <laughs> Those are your brand elements, but those brand elements now need to be infused into everything that you do because that's how you accomplish brand cohesiveness. That is how you are able to create an online presence where no matter where people find you online, whatever touch point you have with people, everything looks like it belongs together. Everything looks like it's you. And most people struggle with this. Like they'll have their look website will look a certain way and then their presentations, their PowerPoints will look completely different, usually because the website was made by a professional and the presentations were made by you trying to mimic what the professional did. <laughs> and you're struggling. <laughs> and then your social media, you're probably like curating some templates from Canva, whether they're free or paid. And so that looks nothing like their, your website or anything else that you're doing. And so your branding is a freaking mess, right? And so that that's where you get that look that's not, not put together, not professional. And if you want that professional look, you need to have a cohesive brand, which means that those colors and fonts and logo that you have need to be infused into everything that you do, every brand asset. Now, here's the problem. Most people don't know what all the brand assets that they need. So they're constantly reactive, right? You're not proactively creating assets for your business. You're constantly in a, oh, I need this shoot, let, let me go hire somebody to do this. Oh, I need that. Oh man, I need to, okay. Can you also create this for me? And so you're constantly on this hamster wheel of asset creation on demand as the demand arises instead of proactively creating everything. And so digital brand kit is really the solution to that. Like I already surveyed and figured out, you know, surveyed people and, and did my homework and figured out all of the assets that a personal brand might need across all your platforms at every touch point from like a podcast, if you have one, all the way to your social media, to your webinars, to your invoices, et cetera, et cetera. And so in order to have that cohesive brand across everything, you need to infuse your your style guide into everything. But you also need to know what all of those assets are, right? So yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon.
examples of like, what are the assets that most people don't even think about? Because you said, it's like, I think a lot of people at some point are probably like, okay, I know I need colors and I need fonts yeah. and I need a logo. And that's yeah. what they think is their brand guidelines. That's what they think is their branding, but they're missing so much more. So you can kind of just give us like a checklist of like, what are all of the things that you don't even know that you're going to need that you want to make sure is cohesively done on the front end so that it's not piecemeal together. And it's, you know, I think the benefit for me is like, if you do all of this work on the front end, it's yeah. so much easier and cheaper and faster to do things later oh. on. Absolutely. If you are able to execute on your ideas like on the go quickly because you have materials that you need to execute on that idea instead of like, oh, now I have to go create this template or buy this template and then I can create it. That saves you a lot of time. But to answer your question, uh, some of the things that, you know, a lot of people won't think of it's like, all right, so let's say you go buy a social media Canva template pack. That'll give you like all of the little squares, but then are your, like all of those highlights at the top of your, your Instagram account, are those going to be, you know, look the same? Is your uh, Instagram picture, are your stories going to look the same? And so it's like, just across your social media, are your LinkedIn posts, do they look like your Instagram posts? Are they branded the same? So just having cohesiveness within your social media is something to look out for. But also, if I'm going to enumerate things from the DBK package, we have a course kit, for example. So if you're going to build a digital course, you are going to need slides, right, that you're going to actually put your content into that you're going to then record on your on your video lessons, you're going to need the PDFs that you're going to provide to people as downloads as free downloads with your course, you are going to need a course roadmap template so that you can paint a picture to your students of like, here's everything that you're going to learn in each part of this course and give that to them as a PDF. You are going to need, <laughs> once you get all of your course materials put together, you're going to need to upload all of that into a course portal like Kajabi or Thinkific. You're going to need to brand that. That's going to need a you know banner image and thumbnails and all of those things. I created all of those things for you already. And that's all in the course package. So the day that you decide that you want to build a course, you don't even know everything you need. You're going to open up your course kit and you'll know exactly what you need to build your course and you'll have it. And as a bonus, I give you a course outline builder that you can use to actually build the outline of your course in a, you know, in a smart way that'll make it easy for you to record the course. So it's weaving in some of the strategy. Other things that people won't think about, like your videos, for example, like you want to start a YouTube channel, you're going to need video thumbnails. And you cannot afford to be creating video thumbnails <laughs> on the go, like especially if you're going to have them freshly done. Because if you want to create a lot of videos and every time you need to spend, you know, three hours on Canva just putting together one video thumbnail, you're not going to get very far, right? <laughs> so I give you a library of video thumbnails. I also give you the end screens that you have at the end of your videos so that you can send people to other videos from your channel, right? That's a graphic alone that you might go on Fiverr and spend two weeks doing back and forth emails with somebody <laughs> just to have them create the thing that you need the way that you want it. So it, it's all of these things. I won't go into more, but it's all of these things that you really don't think about and can't really think about until you're in motion and actually doing the thing. Yeah. That's when you realize, oh, I need this. And so you're, you're, you're constantly doing this guesswork that I've tried my hardest to eliminate that guesswork. Well, I would, I would, I would second as a customer, as our whole company, as a customer, and then I am personally a customer. It's like 
what I would say that I think is really amazing about Digital Brain Kit and what you've created is it is all of the design, but it's also the strategy. And that's been with like partnerships with a variety of different tools and resources and education that you've gone out and done. But I think one of the things that's really cool for um, the community at Brand Builders Group is like we were able to work with you of going, here's what everyone's going to need in a speaker kit or in a media kit. or And so it's like all of those things are pre-built in there. So and I think that's just a really unique opportunity of going. It's like, you're going to need color fonts and logos. Yes. But you're also going to need imagery. You're going to need the right size dimensioned banners. You're going to need thumbnails. You're going to need the bumper slides. You're going to need the highlights, right? You're going to need a press kit at some point. You're going to need a media kit for podcasts or just general media. You're going to need a PowerPoint slides for something at some point in your life. Right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. to have all of this done and kind of pre-packaged together is it's not just beautiful design. It's well architected in a way that helps conversion, but it's also the strategy of going, oh my gosh, if you just think about all those things of how much it would cost in time and money to do them separately over the course of time by finding vetting new vendors all the time is outrageous. And so you've been able to do that in this well-consolidated package. And then I know that we mentioned this earlier. It's like a part of this is having great design that reflects you and that will attract your audience. The second thing is that it's done in an affordable way. And so I know one of your things is is that you you say you need a a beginner brand, right? What are you? A starter brand. A starter brand. Yes, like a starter home. Yeah, it's like, and I think this is a really cool concept of you don't need to go hire a $30,000 designer to go out and build a very high-end professional brand. What you need is you need something that can get you going. So you can, can kind of tell us about what that is and what that looks like. Yeah, you don't need to go hire somebody expensive to create this beautiful professional brand for you if you are just starting out. Now, if you're, you know, five, seven, 10 years into business and you're you're like, I know who I am. I know who I'm serving. I'm very clear. I've got the money. Yes, by all means, splurge away and get yourself the best designer ever. But if you are just starting out, first of all, it's not a good investment because your brand at this stage of your business is very fluid. You are going to iterate. You are still figuring out who you are in your market and also who you're serving and who you're attracting. And you're not really going to get answers to those questions of who are you and who are you serving until you actually get into motion and build momentum and start showing up and start doing things and then let the market respond to you and then let yourself kind of figure things out. So as you're figuring things out, things might change. Who you are might change. Who you serve, you're like, you know what? These people are not who I want to serve. You've got a lot of complainers, a lot of freeloaders. Like I am attracting all sorts of wrong people. <laughs> this is not right. I, I need to I need to uh, pivot. So you cannot, I mean, it would be a shame to pivot out of a $30,000 visual identity that you just had custom made, right? <laughs> that would hurt. And so what you need at this point in your business is a starter brand, what I call a starter brand. A starter brand is something Thing that you can get off the ground in you know less than 24 hours that's going to co- cost you less than two thousand dollars and that is going to give you everything that you need to get into motion to start putting yourself out there to start creating content and publishing content and building that momentum 
so that you can get that feedback that's going to either confirm that you are in the right visual identity and that this visual identity could probably serve you well. Like you could get a lot of miles out of, out of a starter brand, maybe five years, maybe seven years with that starter brand. Or maybe you'll realize six months down the road, yeah, I picked this visual identity. It's not serving me well. I need to pivot. Well, you've only lost $2,000 at this point, uh, which is not $30,000. And you also, most importantly, did not lose months and months of time of like going back and forth with designers to figure, you know, to build things. All of that frustration and time, you now saved yourself because you got all your assets in one instant download. You didn't go create them and, you know, invest your time and money into creating them. So, so really it's, you know, I like to say it's like a starter home. Like you can not as a first time home buyer, go out and buy your dream home. Like that's not the smart move. Like you need to go buy a starter home first, <laughs> you know, build some equity and figure out what you want in a home. Like, you know, what, what are the things that you like about this home and that you want to have, or that you don't have that you want to have in your next home. And then you figure out what your dream home is going to be. So same thing with your brand. Don't try to build the perfect brand right off the gate. And also don't get hung up on your branding too much. Don't get too personal with it. That's the other advice that I really want to share because, you know, it's it's beyond perfectionism. Perfectionism is one thing, but getting hung up on, oh, I don't know if this is the right combination of these colors together. And, you know, a lot of people get really personal with it. And so it's like, well, at the end, end of the day, this brand is not about you. It's about your business and what you're building and who you're going to attract. And the goal here is to get things done, is to make things happen. So stop getting hung up on the colors and on the fonts. And Oh, maybe this other font looks like this one really. It's very close, but it's not exactly. It's a little bit more round on the edges. And it's like, you're wasting time. You are procrastinating. <laughs> Just take something and go with it and go make things happen. And then, you know, maybe two years down the road, when you have a seven figure business, you can afford to then go to a designer and argue about which font is rounder and better for you. Yeah, <laughs> but I think now you have the time to do that. <laughs> that's the best advice that any designer could give someone is the point of this is not to get caught up in the details because I think that's often what designers do. And I think that's also why I love what you do so much because it's not about the granularity of, well, this hangs this way. And it's the, it's like, no, the point of this is to get things done, is to get things in motion. It is to start knowing that things are going to evolve and change over time as you evolve and change, as your audience evolves and change. But I, I know so many people so many people that the only reason they haven't launched is because of something like this holding them back. And it's like, this is the best advice. It's like, hey, this is the whole point is not to get things perfect. It's to get things done so you can get things in motion. That's what's important. Yes. And the other thing I want to share that's really important to me is for people who want to go out there and hire somebody to help them with this. And that's perfectly fine if, if you choose to do so. I would just say you want to be mindful of who you're hiring and how you manage the process because there are, you can make one of two decisions when you're going to hire somebody. You can either hire an affordable junior designer who is going to get things done on the cheap and quickly, or you can hire a designer who's also a creative director. The difference between the two, obviously, is monetary first. The creative director is going to be more expensive than the junior designer. But the reason why is because the junior designer isn't 
is somebody who executes on your vision, your creative direction, and your very specific guidelines. And a junior designer is typically not somebody who is first in marketing, digital marketing, the online business, personal branding, or any of that. They know how to make beautiful designs, and they will apply exactly what you tell them, but you need to inform everything that you give them. You need to to educate them a little bit and also give them very specific instructions and very specific feedback because that is the only way that you're going to get good actual good design from them so if you are working with somebody and you are getting frustrated because they're sending you things that you're like well no this is not what i asked for no this is not what i meant no you're not getting this and you're in a position where you're finding yourself having to write a lot of mean emails (laughs) nobody wants to do nobody wants yeah Nobody likes to write those mean emails, but if you're finding yourself on the cusp of sending an email that says, no, idiot, that's not what I asked for, (laughs) it's probably not their fault. It's probably yours. It's probably because you're not giving them the creative direction and the instructions that they need because you think that they're mind readers, first of all, and you think that they know they know anything about digital marketing or personal branding or this asset that you're asking them to create. They don't. So it's your responsibility to be the creative director for that designer. Now, that's a problem that you would not have when you you hire a creative director. But again, this is where you are going to have to drop a little bit more money there. You have to up your budget to have a creative director, which will take those kinds of things off off your shoulders. But still, you have to find a creative director who is also versed in marketing and digital marketing and personal branding and is used to working with high profile brands so that they can actually steer you in the right direction with certain things and know how to create certain strategic branding assets and communication assets, et cetera. And so again, that is the other thing that I wanted to create. Initially, when I created the first iteration of Digital Brand Kit, I really just wanted to make beautiful designs for people. But as I did and I started, got into motion, right? And got this into the hands of people. The feedback that I got was, well, I need strategy. I need I need help actually executing on this. And so that is where I went out and took classes and learned more about this. I was like, I'm certified in digital psychology and I'm certified in all of the things so that I know how to infuse all of that into the, these designs so that you don't need to make those decisions, right? Or figure those things out on your own again, so that you can go and get things done. So I just wanted to caution people about working with other designers and what that looks like and where your frustrations might be coming from. Oh, I think that's good. So if you get terrible designs, it's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I, think it, I think there is a lot of truth yeah. in that because yeah. when you don't go through the initial brand guidelines process in general of really defining like, what are my signature colors and what are these things? It's like, how in the world is someone else supposed to get into the inner workings of your mind? Who is your core target audience? What are you offering without a ton of time? And the more time it takes, the more it costs. And so it's like the more work you can do on the front end of being like, I want, I'm very clear on this. And if you're not ready to invest that amount of time and money, the starter brand, that, like, that's who this was built for. But it's like, as you elevate out of that and you go, now I want something a little bit more elevated. That's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you're still, it takes its time and it's introspective. And I think that's the part that people want to skip through. And they go, I just want something that's awesome. Put it up there. And it's like, well, it's not <laughs> going to be awesome unless we go 
through this process. I think that's so wise. And I know we just have a couple of more minutes yet. And I just want to do a couple of like rapid fire questions for you, for everyone out there who's going, okay, <laughs> what should I be doing? Like, what are some like the big things I should be looking for? So I'm just going to do some like rapid fire questions okay. outside of doing like a colorblind test. Like, what would you say, what should people be doing to have an idea of what their visual identity should look like? Hmm. I'll tell you what they should not be doing. Don't go build a Pinterest board. (laughs) Great feedback. Don't go build a Pinterest board. If you're going to do one thing, it would be take a piece of paper and write down who your ideal client avatar is. Mm -hmm. And in just excruciating detail. Who is this person as if they're a real person? Give them a name, describe him or her, what they do, who they follow. And that is probably the best time that you could spend because when you do come up with your visual identity, that's who you need to test your visual identity against. You're going to need to, you know, read off your, your, your client avatar description and imagine that as a real person and imagine whether or not this person is going to be attracted to this visual identity that you created. And that is one of the tests that, you know, that you would run your visual identity by is your ICA. So that would be my answer. I love that. I think that's, I think that's really wise of going, your visual identity is not for you. No, it's not. It's beautiful pictures that you pinned on Pinterest doesn't mean that's your visual branding. I know you feel, (laughs) I'm not talking to you, AJ, just a little, but you're, the thing is, is we all, I've made this mistake. So I'm not above any of this. I've made all the mistakes. Guess that's how, why I'm so wise. <laughs> that's why I know all these things is because I screwed up first. I went for years thinking that pink was my signature color and it's not. It was not, it's it's not my signature color, orange. I like to infuse pink in a lot of things just because it's a color that is dear to me, but it's not my signature color. I made that mistake. I made mistakes with my fonts. I made mistakes with creating Pinterest board and pinning all these beautiful pictures that I like. And what I end up with is, is a soup of, there's beauty everywhere. You will find beauty in a lot of things. But you if you curate a board that has a lot of different beautiful things, you're going to have a very hard time finding the through line that is going to bring all of that together into something that makes sense and that is cohesive. So that's why I say don't go build a Pinterest board. You can build one after you figure out your signature color, but not before. Oh, I think that's so good. And I, I love that. You know, it's like, as you were talking, it just made me think it's like, you're not building a website so you can go look at it. You're not posting social media so you can go read your own posts, right? You're doing this so that it reaches someone that you care about serving. And so it's got to be reflective of who you are so that you can attract the people that you are trying to curate as your audience. And that's that's so good because I think the emotions of people, the reason this is so hard for people is because they want it to be so perfect for them and they forget that this is not for you. This is for your audience. So I love that. I love that. That's so good. Okay. Other quick things, just like high level. How often do you think people should be posting like visual things online? You know, because I think, you know, I see so many people where it's like, They've gone to just like black and wet, black and white text, or some people just use photography now, or some people have like curated like design posts for social media. And I'm just curious, it's like, one, how often do you think somebody should be posting something that's like attached to their brand, like design wise mm-hmm. um, versus like videos and stuff that's really just has no design elements at all. Mm-hmm. And so any ideas or thoughts around that? Are we talking specifically about Instagram? For sure. Example, I, mean, yeah. Instagram, I think that's probably yeah. the most visual of all the platforms. Yeah. 
I would say just enough that if somebody is scrolling through your feed and looking at your images, they're getting enough pops of your brand color throughout that they're recognizing that there's some sort of cohesive brand elements that are coming up, you know, over and over again. So I would say as much as you can, but not to where it's overkill. So, but just pops of your brand color throughout would be, you know, just so it's like cohesive with your brand. That would be my- Just enough where it's like, you can get the feel from it. And I think that's yeah. like, I've noticed like all these different trends where it's like, so many people are just just doing um, photos of themselves. And so that yeah. was the second question is, should you infuse your brand colors into your photography? Yes, that's a great question. Guess what? The only Adobe tool that as a non-designer I know how to use is Lightroom. And Lightroom, if you buy certain presets or if you even use pre-made presets that you find in Lightroom, Lightroom will let you put a filter on your images and you can mass do this on many images and just put these filters. So why this is useful is let's say that your visual identity has a lot of cool tones in it, cool, cooler colors, right? Maybe some blues and some lavenders, things like that. You're not going to want to have your photos be very warm, have warm tones, because it'll clash with the, the, the cooler tones of your branding. So if you want to have something cohesive in your feed, you're going to want your imagery to have those cool tones. And that's something that you can do in Lightroom using these, they're called presets. So if you just literally Google Lightroom presets, you'll find tons of vendors that have beautiful presets that you can just put these filters on all of your images that's and cool. vice versa. If you have warm colors, go with warmer filters and that'll give you that nice cohesive look. Is Lightroom also the tool that you use where you can like do the cutouts or remove the background? No, that would be, well, technically that's Photoshop, but I don't use Photoshop because I don't know how to use Photoshop. I use a tool called remove.bg. So the website is remove.bg and it's so awesome. It's like, I don't know how much I paid, less than $10 a month. And you literally drag and drop an image into this thing and it'll remove the background for you. And it's genius. So that's another awesome tool that I would recommend. I think that's super cool. Specifically, if you're in this like starter brand mode, where it's like, you're going to be doing a lot of this DIY and just yeah. going, how do you do this? Can't figure it yeah. out. It's just knowing some of these really cool tools. So that one's called remove.bg. Remove.bg. Yeah. So super cool. So any other cool design tools like that, that it's like for you out there, who is the DIYer of going, man, how do I make this awesome, but I don't got a lot of skills. So help me out. Any other tips or tools that you Gosh, think would be helpful? You're putting me on the spot. I'm thinking I have like, I have an entire bookmark folder <laughs> that has resources in it, but there's another one that's the equivalent of remove.bg, but for videos. So you can actually remove the background from your videos and it's called unscreen. So I think it's unscreen.com, but just Google unscreen and it's basically you just load your video into it and it'll remove the background and then you can actually put, you know, put your video with any background that you want. So that's pretty cool. Easygift.com for making gifts. Gifts are just such an easy way that, you know, you can add like a little motion and something that pops. You can put this in your emails. You can put it in your presentations. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you could do this. <laughs> I will share one more and it's place it. 
which is a tool that will allow you to create mock-ups. So, you know, mock-ups of like tablets or phones or all sorts of things. And mock-ups are something that you probably a lot of people don't, don't know to use, but don't think to use, but it's a great way to give physical form to all of your digital products, right? So courses or coaching programs that are these like non-physical things, this is how you give them a physical look and presence is through these mock-ups. And so that's a great way to do it. By the way, Digital Brand Kit has tons of mock-up templates, just saying. But if you wanted to use this tool, it's also um, a really easy, easy tool to use. So I love that. Y'all like this is so helpful. And it's, you know, just, it does, again, it doesn't matter if you are just getting started or you're super established. We always need something refreshed with our visual identity at some point, right? You're going to need a new asset. You're going to need a refresh of social media, you know, square images. You're going to need new headers. You're going to book designs, press kit designs, new speeches. It's like the list goes on and on and on. And at some point, you're going to need to keep things fresh, right? You can't have the same thing that you used five years ago and nothing has changed ever since. It's got to be refreshed. And so there's so many different tools that Nadine has created to make that process easier for you. And the easiest thing of all is to make sure that you start with a solid set of brand guidelines that really reflect you. So one of the things that I would just really encourage is at the very least, go to this website and take this color quiz. Yeah, and it's like, it's an amazing tool to get you pointed in the right direction of this is what you say about yourself without looking at colors, which is a really important thing. So again, brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash DBK and go take this. Nadine, if people want to follow you personally, where do you want them to go? Well, I would say check me out on Instagram. I'm not very active on it, but uh, <laughs> but I, I DM uh, all the time. So I'm happy to DM with you. So that would be at Nadine.Hanafi, H-A-N-A-F-I. And then otherwise, just shoot me an email at Nadine at WeAreVisual.com if you have any questions. So generous. If you guys have got questions, you know, DM her. Most of the questions are taken care of for you with digital brackets, to be honest. But this is so many good tips, so many good tools. We'll link all of those design tools in the show notes for you guys. And we'll also link brainbuildersgroup.com forward slash DBK. Go check it out. Take the color quiz. Get started. Keep building. Keep doing what you're doing. Nadine, thank you so much for being here. And everyone, uh, we'll catch you next time on the Influential Personal Brand. See you later. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. 
And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. Thank you.